and welcome to the beaten track this week uh we're covering a very special new album which is special for us at least and i'm joe and i'm joined by my co-host louis baker hello joe how how are you, how are you doing this week i am excellent i'm fantastic uh, how are you i am fantastic and excellent so that's uh that's a coincidence, isn't it? Convenient, yeah. Yeah. I thought you just copied my adject. <laughs> I switched it around. I thought you wouldn't notice. Yes, I, I almost didn't. But... Yeah, so this week it was my pick, so I chose to do um, a new album from, well, newish album. It came out this year, so for, for me and Joe, that's very new. Um, from Nadine Shah, called Kitchen Sink. Contact, think I adore you. It's a pity, it's your maneuver. Your conversation makes me a you Judging by the pace I was walking, no time to stop, no time for talking. So yeah, it's um, it's a really good album, and I, um, I had listened to her previous album, Holiday Destination, and really enjoyed it. And then maybe I think I listened to this album once, but then chose it because I wanted to like sort of force myself to listen to it more. And I've really enjoyed it actually listening to it this week. Mm. I think I suspect listening to it now. It's my first Nadine Shah album, and I think it might be a bit of a grower because the first time I heard it, I was sort of like okay i like this what she's doing but it's not like one of my sort of favorites mm. and still it's probably not like one of my favorites from the year but it, i think partially part of the sound that she's going for it, it does sort of uh take a while to sort of build up and um to sort of gain an appreciation of i think and yeah so it is a good album and i'm excited to get into it it's good to just do a single one after the the, the onslaught of last week essentially yeah yeah it's nice to do just the one yeah i think you're right it's definitely a grower i think um i've enjoyed it more as as i've listened to it i mean i've listened to it a couple of times today and i think it's definitely um even from day to day i felt like i was more into it so yeah sometimes you you hear that an album's a grower and you think well maybe that just means it's not very good but i think in this album's case maybe that may that the songs are not as like in your face or as immediate and um some of the tracks especially some of the longer tracks um maybe take a couple of listens to appreciate but yeah still a very good album yeah i mean i think i think it's partially the construction of the tracks and they are most of the time these sort of uh slow verses that sort of uh sort of have a chorus that's sort of more of an outburst or something but then they're they're sort of they, they do feel like slow builds and and adding instrumentation and, and like there's a lot of repetition in these songs where you'll go back to the same verse or a same sort of vocal lead or or guitar lead or something that that gives I don't know it's got a very like it's got a very um complex and sort of circular filter as in all the themes sort of link back to each other and it's quite a mm. a, a narrative album in my opinion or it's like one where it's lyrical themes can be sort of unpicked and um yeah it feels very consistent and very like 
you see throughout the track list a bunch of themes that sort of reoccur in, in varying sort of yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And maybe, maybe yeah. I should introduce Nadine Shah a little bit because, um, yeah, uh, last album, um, Holiday Destination, I think, was Mercury Prize nominated. I don't think it won. I was in maybe 2018. Um, but yeah, she's a singer songwriter from South Tyneside in the Northeast. So that's exciting. And, um, yeah, what, what's notable, noticeable about her is her um, voice and her delivery. It's very atmospheric. Um, it's got lots of elements of jazz. I think she was originally a jazz singer. I think she was friends with Amy Winehouse. I discovered that today, which is exciting. Oh, wow. And, yeah, she's also got lots of gothic pop elements as well, and she's often compared to, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it as well, compared to PJ Harvey and Nick Cave for the sort of, darker side to her and also also perhaps for a storytelling a little bit maybe more with Nick Cave um, she certainly paints a lot of characters in this particular album uh, and she does that really well um, and also maybe another thing I mean she's quite well known for a sort of social commentary and um, it's sort of a discussion of like in her last album it was a lot about sort of the rise of nationalism and in this album it's a lot about her experiences as a woman and um, misogyny and things like that. So yeah, that's my whistle stop introduction to Nadine Shah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the jazz influence is the one that sort of perhaps instrumentally sort of feels very important to the album. But at the same time, they mm. don't feel like jazz tracks. They've, they've almost got like a post-punk kind of feel as well. Yeah, uh, lots of different sort of genres come up, and she's really. Um, versatile with the way that she can like wield these influences because uh, at the same time it does feel like very much her own uh, interpretation of them i mean uh i mean the first track if we get into the yeah. track list club cougar is immediately you you find the the jazz influences and it's kind Definitely. of like this after the verse is essentially you have this outburst of uh sax and um I guess a kind of, um, I don't know if it's like a synth or something. Um, yeah, it's kind of a very sort of busy and chaotic um, use of those instruments. And it's kind of almost quite cathartic and against the sort of slightly ominous vocals that she has. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good track, actually. I think um, it's got this kind of slightly sleazy um yeah, jazzy sound, and it's got this sort of um, kind of sultry vibe to it. It's got the saxophone breaks and stuff, and um, and yeah, the, obviously the song's sort of the topic of the song is this sort of um, the catcalling approach of of men, and um, she takes on the role of this, well, paints the character of this uh, seductive, like older woman, and that you know you get a lot of what makes Nadine Shah great. These sort of brilliant lyrics you know um the like the, the opening line of call me pretty make your maneuver i think she, you know she goes on to kind of with these sort of scathing attacks of <clears throat> of uh yeah the way people act in in clubs and stuff like that so yeah the song really kind of sneers and it, it it's really good it's a it's a really good uh good opener and good use of the of the instrumentation like you were saying before yeah, and she's got this sort of a stammering sort of vocal delivery where she's sort of 
it is this sign of kind of weird sort of creeping sense of yeah her her vocals yeah um sort of accentuating the lyrics as like the vital part of the song really versus the kind of almost not jarring but the kind of very overpowering sort of instrumental section of the song Mm. yeah this was another one where i heard the first track and it's like it's not a it's not necessarily like a propulsive or a fast opening track, but it really sets uh, sets the tone for what comes for the rest of the album. You see the the kind of ideas about aging and sexuality and things like that crop up again and again. And um, yeah, definitely, it's a good yeah. Opening track, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, definitely those themes of of. Um getting older and the idea of the sort of the expectations upon uh women and the idea that the sort of your time's running out to maybe have children or whatever you know that's something that recurs a lot and comes in on the first track and then comes through so yeah the, the album's got a real mixture of sort of it's very personal uh personal and, and, and realistic in the storytelling sense but it's also married with the kind of more unsettling sort of delivery that she has and the sort of darker style and the darker humour of the album because the album deals with um, sort of tougher topics, if you like, but it's also it's very witty and you know, the first track is is a good example of that. Um, well, I mean, in terms of tracks, what what's really sort of stands out for you? Is, um... Well, I'm... Well, my favourite track on the album is is the second track, so that sort of oh, I see. Um, makes sense, I guess, moving on to that. Um, yeah, Ladies for Babies, Goats for Love. It was a track I'd heard early, previous in the year. I think she released it um, before the album. And I think it's just, yeah, it's absolutely great. To be a lady Then you play the daddy And take them to Caddy And give her baby about a sort of a neglected wife whose husband kind of loves his like his livestock more uh, than his wife and that she is almost treated as though she's livestock only for breeding and for for grooming maybe um and yeah i just think that the lyrics on the track the lyrics on all the tracks are great the lyrics on this track again are fantastic you know he wants his lady to be a lady to care less be hairless. All he wants, in fairness, is a baby. I think that I think that line's as good as uh, as good as anything on the album. So yeah, and it, it really reminds me of. Um, I, I talked about PJ Harvey lit earlier, but it reminds me of "Rid of Me" by PJ Harvey. That track is one of my favorite PJ Harvey tracks, and there's these sort of um, uh, really strong guitar tones and this sort of um, really brooding chorus, and then met with these sort of more. Um, um, yeah, this these building up of these um, these different verses is it, fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a standout track on on the album. Yeah, I think it's one of the ones that has a repetition of the first verse right at the end. And um, mm. yeah, I think this is a, a faster sort of more punky 
sort of track, especially the chorus is it's got almost this rapid uh, sort of singing. And yeah, it's the the ability to have these sort of these themes that are quite common to people's lives, but then the sort of strangeness of the the animal metaphor and the because it's almost it's almost quite quite a funny lyric in a way, but then it's also kind mm. of disturbing the, the the sort of goat thing. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's I, oh, sorry. I guess it's a bit of a an outlier in the in the album, if you like, because um, I think maybe the first two tracks, possibly even the third track, you could say are a little bit more immediate and a little bit more um, give away a little bit more on the first listen compared to maybe the the songs after that. And I think the rest of the track is the rest of the album is maybe a little bit slightly more unsettling and 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 difficult so yeah this track kind of stands out like you said in the more of a sort of post-punky kind of um kind of sense i mean i really enjoyed um Barkfast, but my favorite track of the album was trad um yeah trad's trad's really good another yeah. one of those sort of slower more ominous tracks but then with these really sort of piercing guitar leads that do sound mm. sort of yeah punkish again uh, one it's again the, the sort of traditional the idea of a perception of like a traditional relationship or a marriage and, and essentially not a first person perspective of a man, but saying, you know, from like a third person, like this is what he wants. And so it's foregrounding mm. that in this kind of quite ominous way. It's kind of a creepy song. And yeah, I mean, I just find the vocal performance really sort of enchanting and um, yeah, powerful. That's a less abstract song than like Ladies for Babies as well. It is very directly addressing like ideas of marriage and expectation. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I just think it's great, um, amazing track. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really good. Yeah, I think you. No, I think you're right. I think her voice really, her voice really starts to sort of come, start to dominate the tracks, sort of in the middle of the album towards the end. Her voice really sort of takes over. Um. And yeah, again, that's the, the lyrics on that on that one. I think the opening line is "Shave my legs, freeze my eggs. Will you want me when I'm old?" And again, that's just Shah at her most sort of uncompromising and um, kind of bewitching. And yeah, and the breakdown of that song again, you know, and, and reminds me of maybe some something, some slightly more experimental bands, maybe something a bit like Can. And I think. Um, a couple of the songs, maybe the songs like Kite as well, have these sort of interesting sort of breakdowns and sounds, and they become a little bit more, um, yeah, sort of unsettling in the in their sounds. I know I've said that a couple of times, but yeah, tried to tried to really good track. Mm. Another one that I thought is worth talking about was Kite. Um, I thought that was another good track again. I think you can hear the sort of PJ Harvey influences, but or maybe just sort of similarities. Really, it's got this sort of strange, haunted sort of characteristic up to it, and um, yeah, and it has this has a sense of sort of doom building in it, and um, yeah, it's got these chants and whistles going on. I think it's a really um, slow builder of a track and maybe like i said before on the first listen might not be the one that stands out to you but as i've come back to it a couple of times it's been one that i've been drawn to hmm. yeah i think like what you said about like 
linking it to more sort of experimental bands and stuff is what's really interesting about this album is the I think she has a lot of faith in her songwriting and that but mm-hmm. and you go to these weirder sort of uh depths of the instrumentation and stuff and she's it it never feels like particularly um out of place it's sort of, but yeah the I think the actual range of influences and the range of like effects and and instruments and stuff that she's willing to put on a track is kind of really adds a sort of vibrancy to the album that wouldn't be there if it was just guitar and and drums essentially or so you've got these sort of dissonances and these spaces within the album where it's it is slower and it's got this emptiness that sort of builds this ominous tone but at the same time you all hear always hear like an instrumental lead or you know a horn or Mm. something that really sort of uh, just adds this texture to the to the album that's makes that's why for me like I well it's not like one of my favorites the album like yet but I mean, I'll give it a few more listens obviously but but it still remains like something that's really enjoyable as an album just put on because it is varied enough and yeah I think she has a lot of faith in essentially and a lot of invention in the use of mm. you know she I think because I you know it's she's been making music for like 10 years or something. And I think this is very confident. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, I think you're right. It's got a really, it has got a confidence to it. And it's all, you can always tell when you're listening to um, albums of this sort of style as well, because it doesn't, you know, it, it, I think maybe some albums similar to this might be tempted to include songs or, or, or maybe not include songs because they don't want it to sound as, um, maybe as intense as this because it, it has quite an intense sort of sound to it. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's written with a lot of conviction and I think you're right. Yeah. I think, I think it's better than the album I listened to previously. Um, I, I haven't listened to her first two albums, but it feels like she's um, confident and, and it feels like a mature record and stuff. And yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to go back to the other ones actually. Yeah. Cause like you said the last one was more sort of political themes or something this one this one does feel quite personal but yeah i think it's fourth album or fifth album so be interesting to see uh, the sort of development or... another another um track i wanted to mention was uh kitchen sink mm-hmm. uh, just oh. because i think it's important um this kind of addresses sort of like xenophobic neighbours. Um, it's about these sort of um, curtain twitches and um, it's kind of a sort of these attacks on, on, um, on, yeah, on, on, on sort of, um, yeah, racism and, and, and maybe more casual racism and stuff like that. And I think it's a really good chat, but it kind of hits well on what I think the Dean child is very well with their social commentary. I know we've talked about it a little bit in the themes, but I think she's not scared to sort of twist her voice a little bit and and into sort of more spoken ways. And and that reminds me a little bit of um maybe Jarvis Cocker a little bit when when he sort of um slips into more sort of spoken ideas and and then when she does do that, she brings out a sort of um this northeast accent that she's got this sort of northeast draw which i think is really good and brings another texture to the to the sort of attack the the the, um, the sort of criticism in the lyrics and the and the social commentary and i think that's you know she does it on all the songs but particularly on that one obviously it's quite uh quite noticeable 
yeah i mean the, the for, for me like also the the title kitchen sink for me it instantly draws these associations with like british film essentially mm. because it's, it's a genre of um social realist films in britain sort of dating from the late 50s and now he's well and 60s essentially and i think the the focus on societal ills with still a sort of personal intensely uh sort of close perspective is kind of a hallmark of, the, of those films and it's mm. kind of it's kind of laying bare to the realities of it because you know maybe maybe nadine might have not been represented by what those original run of films were doing but at the same time it's the same perspective and highlighting that difference you know in, in people living essentially in modern life but through that lens is kind of yeah yeah i think i think it's almost um almost a sort of you know a call back to that sort of era and and almost to say you know actually maybe how far we haven't come and how maybe things haven't changed enough i know the the album art is sort of um like a 70s dinner party and is inspired by um abigail's party which is like a play um based on middle like a middle class family in the 1970s and it's like this idea of the sort of bored housewife and i think and i know that nadine mentioned in a couple of interviews is kind of not sure how far maybe we've come and she kind of mentions maybe outside of london maybe not how far we've come on these sort of topics and stuff so there's that call back to yeah, kitchen sink films and then also these sort of themes of being a housewife and expectations and stuff and that maybe we have moved on, but there are still sort of expectations and experiences there that call back to those to those days. And the album focuses on on sort of catcalling, on gaslighting, on difficult relationships. You mentioned Book Fast before is a good track that, you know, talks about um yeah gaslighting and a sort of drunken partner um and yeah she's very funny but also very very you know still quite hard hitting on those tracks and she does that really well throughout the album yeah it's like the the for, form of music where you can't really ignore the lyrics because because they are so foreground and so mm. central to to each track yeah i mean do you have anything else to say on the album uh I the only other thing I would say is that I really like the track Ukrainian wine and it's really got in my head today. Um, but and I think that's just because of the way she sort of delivers it with this sort, which you know really focused on a sort of northeast accent and stuff. And I think it's um, a, a good break in the album because it's a little bit brighter and it's got these brighter guitars and it's a bit more con- kind of. Um, indie rock sort of uh, guitar work on it. I think it's a really, another really strong ta- track. And yeah, I think just overall, I think it's, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see. I'm not sure whether it'll get on my sort of, when we sort of re- say our favourite albums of the year at the end of the year, but I think it's a really strong album and really interesting themes and, and varied. And so, yeah, I've really enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how other people appraise it, really. Mm. How, how the themes are interpreted, how, you know, how important the rest of the sort of the world sees it, essentially, it's exciting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I look forward to, to when we do do our uh, top 
tens or whatever we'll do when we get there. Because yeah, I'm gonna listen to this a few more times and hopefully. Yeah, it's been it's been good. And so there we go. We we've done uh kitchen sink. Have you got a have you got a quiz? I do. I've got a stupid quiz this time. So. I've got a stupid quiz as well, so that's good. Two stupid quizzes. Yeah. For right. two stupid boys. Shall I start with my with my dumb quiz? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so as uh we discussed earlier, kitchen sink realism is a genre of British film. And I've done a quiz. Um they've usually got quite cool titles, but mm. my one's called Kitchen Sink Fakes, and I'm gonna each question is going to be three titles of kitchen sink films, one of which is made up. Um, okay. You have to guess which one's the fake okay. kitchen sink film. Yes. I hope this isn't uh, sort of callous. I, I do like these films. I think they're important. So I'm not, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm just taking the piss out of kitchen mm. sink films. Or, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go for it. I don't, I don't know a lot about kitchen sink films, but I do. I think, feel like I should do. I feel like a lot of them are set in the in the north of England as well. And stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go on. Give us a go. Number one. In the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Sparrows can't sing, and Kez. Well, the fact that I know one of them's a film. So what? Wait, what have I got to do? I've got to guess. Okay, one of them's not even a film. It's just like a made-up title. And the other, I've got to guess which one is a completely made-up title. Can you read? Can you read them again? I mean, it might be the name of a film, but okay, we've got in the doghouse. Sparrows can't yeah. sing, and Kez. I think that in the doghouse is not uh, not a film. Correct. Come on. I mean, to to I mean, it could be a film title, but I've, it could I've been, be. I've it looked at a list of a kitchen sink films and. Yes, this is okay. Number two. Yes, we've got Bronco Bullfrog, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Sad, and a Taste of Honey. Bronco Bullfrog. So that's one of them ones where I feel like if you've made it up, then I'd be worried. Mister <laughs> um, Sad. Yeah, and a Taste of Honey. I think a taste of honey is um, is not a film. Oh, it is. It's, oh, it's a, it's a classic kitchen sink drop. Which which one? Which one wasn't? I made up Mister Sad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, number three, we have the loneliness of the long distance runner. Mm-hmm. Waking up Wednesday, and Billy Liar. What was the last one? Billy Liar. Oh, I think um, that the the middle one, Waking Up Wednesday. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a film. <laughs> yeah, I made that up. Okay. Yeah, good. So you're two out of three. You're... Two out of three. That is not bad. No, that is not, not bad. bad. Well, I've got a I've got a quiz all about Ukrainian wine. Okay, I should. I was it. going to do a price it up thing, but it's surprisingly quite difficult to find. I thought you were going to price it up with kitchen sinks, like different. Yeah, brands. and also like book fast. It would have been quite good, but I, the Ukrainian wine, the, the cheapest bottle I could find was fifty-five quid, and I thought, oh. well, that's just quite mean. Mm. Must be because of the the pandemic. I, I would have thought. Um, 
But yeah, here's a fun fact for you. During the Soviet uh, era, Ukraine was the largest provider of wine to Russia. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, do do with that what you will. Okay. Are you listening? Yes. It's. It, I don't expect you to know the answers to this, but um, it's, I'm sure it'll be good fun. Anyway, so Count Mikhail Vorontsov established the first large winery in the U- in Ukraine, not the Ukraine, in Ukraine, in 1820, near which historic city? Now, I can give you a clue, or you can just guess a city. If you guess a city, you don't. I don't feel like you put yourself under any pressure. Mm, I feel quite dumb because I can't really think of any Ukrainian. Uh, mm, I can't really think of any Ukrainian cities, so I'm a bit screwed here. Really. Mm. Yeah. I'll give you a clue. If if you had a sort of if you had a miniature figurine of um FDR Stalin and Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Is it Yalta? It is Yalta, yes. Okay. Well done. Yeah. Okay. And then so the next question is the Masandra winery near Yalta was nationalized after the Russian Revolution. Yes. And uh, so should all wineries. Uh, but how many bottles of wine do you think they have in the cellar there? They have now? Yeah. So the point about nationalisation is not really relevant, is it? No, that was just sort of a nice, like, okay. factual introduction to the question. No, I do appreciate them learning. Yeah. So how many how bottles, many bottles do they have? And you've got to think, this is, a, you know, this is, this is like a massive winery that used to supply all of Russia. They've, but maybe yeah, they've but got rid of all of they keep around yeah i mean difficult mm. one uh, i'm gonna say four million. Oh, it's one million it, yeah if you'd have got really close i would have given you it but i, I won't i'm not going to give you a i'm not going to give you that okay okay and this one's quite a tragic one um in 1986 309 square miles of vineyards in Ukraine were destroyed by Gorbachev, but why? Why did he destroy the vineyards, Joe? Mm, so, just trying to think what, so you have the dissolution of like USSR. Mm. So, mm, so they'd be clearing land for something. Mm. Possibly. This is, a, this is a difficult one, but... Um, Important for your Ukrainian wine history. I'm going to say to build an airport. To build an airport? No, it wasn't to build an airport. It would have been a very big airport. Um, Sorry, it was that. in a camp. Apparently, it was a campaign. Uh, it was a USSR-wide campaign uh, to to cut the consumption of alcohol. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was, he was trying to. Yeah, they thought they were just just pissheads, and they they, they needed to stop. Yeah. Okay. And then they all sobered up, and then it all fell apart. <laughs> it's a sad story but there you yeah. go so th- there's your ukrainian wine quiz well i'm glad that i'm now richer in knowledge than i was yeah exactly exactly yes and, and now you're more aware of kitchen sink title maybe i'll watch a kitchen sink film i mean no. i'd like to watch some of them because i feel a bit yeah i'm indulged when i've watched cares obviously but i mean i haven't watched yeah i mean everyone's watched cares surely yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. That's it from us. We'll see you all uh, next week. Yeah, we'll do a topic of my choice.